Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 34 of Generation GC, moving on from the young and the hopeless with Nikki Perry. Last week, we talked about festival song from Good Charlotte. Next week, we'll be back talking about a song from the Chronicles of Life and Death. Nikki Perry hails from the cornfields of Indiana, way down in Kokomo. She's a politically involved, fashion-obsessed, music-loving nerd. She shoots fashion and portrait photography. We had actually connected a few years ago online when she was doing concert photography. She's also the self-proclaimed queen of live-tweeting political debates. A couple quick reminders before we get into the show. Please visit antisemitism.card.co and blacklivesmatters.card.co to learn more about antisemitism and the Black Lives Matter movement, respectively. It's important to continue speaking out against all forms of injustice. There have been protests continuing in the country, um, even in Philadelphia, which I'll be living in pretty soon, you know, over police brutality and racism and I'm glad that uh, protests are getting the attention that they are, but, you know, hopefully they spark some actual change. I'm recording this intro on Friday, October 30th, and you'll be hearing this episode. It'll be Wednesday, November 4th, 2020, when the episode goes live, the day after the 2020 United States presidential election, which feels like the biggest presidential election in history, but I don't know, maybe it's just because it's seems like there's the most at stake. You know, there's a lot up in the air right now, and I wish I had some words, but it's kind of hard to know what to say uh, without knowing how it turns out. I know a lot of people say that you shouldn't mix politics and music, or you shouldn't mix politics with your podcast or your blog, or you shouldn't put politics on social media, but I think that's such a, that's just such a bizarre perspective, because it's not politics, It's not just politics, I should say. It's human rights. It's women's rights. It's rights for people of color. It's healthcare, rights to affordable and accessible healthcare. All of these things that are so much more than who you vote for, but, you know, who you choose to vote for does represent that. I I don't know. I, I mean, look, next week I will definitely have uh, some words to say either way, I think. Finally, before we go into the episode, one more thing. Generation GC stickers are here. Do you want a sticker? Two things you can do. Number one, support the show on Anchor. Go to anchor.fm slash generation GC pod. Tell them you want to support this show. And that helps me do things like have the right equipment and print stickers, print the actual stickers and get them out to y'all. Number two, you can donate to a charitable organization. There's a lot of organizations listed at blacklivesmatters.card.co, so pick one, send them a donation, whatever you can afford, it doesn't matter how much, but any help really does make such a difference. Then you're going to send me a screenshot of either your support of the show or your charitable donation and your mailing address. You can DM me on Twitter or Instagram at generationgcpod or email generationgcpod at gmail.com and I will mail you stickers. I'll also occasionally tweet or post on the Instagram story about other ways y'all can get stickers. Maybe I'll do a holiday giveaway. I don't know. Gotta think about uh, how I might make that happen. But yeah, thank you all for tuning in and listening to the intro. And now on to episode 34. So moving on is track 14 on Good Charlotte's 2002 second album, The Young and the Hopeless. 
track three is emotionless. So you have this real, I mean, they call it emotionless, but it's, it's a pretty emotional song. I think it's pretty sad. Uh, and then I think you end on a much more upbeat, hopeful note. This was not a single. It's also, and I think, Nikki, I think I clarified with you, like, which moving on did you mean? Because <laughs> there is also a song on Youth Authority called Moving On. Um, they are not the same song. No, they are not. So, so different. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I was like, I sort of have similar themes. Uh, I mean, we just recorded an episode on war. Uh, it's not live yet, but war the song from Youth Authority, not war the song from Greatest Remixes. Um, very different songs, though. Very different songs, though. And I, I mean, I can't have imagined a different name for this song or for moving on 2016. But it, like, confuses me so much sometimes. Like, there's, there is a part of me that wonders, like, I don't know, did they just, like, run out of song titles or something? I don't know. I think, you know, I think it's a different stage in their lives because, you totally. know, like, they were so young when they released The Young and the Hopeless. Oh, yeah. Um, so moving on from Young and the Hopeless seems much more like an anthem. And then mm-hmm. moving on <laughs> from Youth Authority. Right. It seems moving on like a- versus moving on. Yeah. Yep. Moving versus moving. <laughs> we got to end up at the G. Yeah. Um, but I think that one is more of like a breakup, like relationship type song. So like, it's definitely a different meaning and it's yeah. you know, still a slightly different title. Yeah, it's a slightly different title. We'll, we'll give them that. Slightly different title. Yeah. Uh, this song was written by Benji and Joel Madden and setlist.fm ranks it number 31 on their most played songs. So they played it a whole bunch from 2003 to 2004, uh, a bunch of times in the U.S. They played it in the U.S. in 2010 at Universal City Walk in California, and they played it in Europe a few times in 2011, but they haven't played it since hiatus, and Mm. That one time in 2010 appears to be the only time they've played it in the U.S. since 2004. I want God, God willing, it is safe for bands to tour and safer shows to happen in 2022. I want them to play this album in full in 2022. Oh my God, that would be amazing! Like an anniversary <sighs> show. Yeah, please, please, please. I will fly to California, or I will drive to Maryland. You know, have a show in Maryland. Girl, I'll come with you. Like, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> We'll just, we'll just get, it'll, you know, me and you and, like, all the girls I've, you know, talked to and connected with through this show, we'll, we'll rent, like, a, we'll rent an Airbnb, like, rent a mansion and... Oh, hell yeah. You know, yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be a party. Um, we have a lot to talk about with this song, but before we dive deep, Nikki, I wanted to help our guests get to know you. Oh, fun. Yes. So... 
first thing I like to ask everyone, when did you first hear Good Charlotte and what were your first thoughts on them? Okay, so I was definitely in middle school at this time. And um, (laughs) I remember getting the CD for Mm -hmm. Christmas, um, The Young and the Hopeless. That was my first, like, hearing time hearing them um it might have been at a dance or something but I was like hell yeah this anthem rocks this is great yeah and the funny thing is is like I back when I was like in seventh grade I was a super innocent like naive child and I wasn't <laughs> punk rock in any way like I was still like Disney princess like kind of person <laughs> <laughs> so like this was like my Lizzie McGuire era. And then ironically, I right, know. Right. I'm but right. <laughs> <laughs> I I think the first one I heard was Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And that drum beat at the beginning kind of got to me because I was actually drumming at the time. Oh cool. So I was like, okay, all right, here we go. So maybe I was a little bit more punk rock than I give myself. Yeah. But I definitely like was really intrigued by that. And that C D was on repeat for so long like at swim meets it'd be what I'd listen to to pump up I'd listen to it when I went to bed that night on my cd player because we're just that old yep Yep. (laughs) but yeah it it was really a staple of my time um at 13 and 14 um and you know like they say that the music what you listen to when you're 14 has the greatest impact on you so that must be why I keep going back to this album yeah. Yeah. I've heard that too. I think that's, I mean, I think that explains first of all, why so many bands have found success doing like anniversary tours, like, you know, taking back Sunday, newfound glory, census fail. They've all done a handful of like plenty of like anniversary tours Bayside, you know, people discover them at a certain age and then, you know, they want to revisit that. Um, I I have some certain feelings about anniversary tours specifically, but I also feel like I can't talk crap about them because, like, um, yes, if Good Charlotte did a tour playing this (laughs) album in full, are you kidding? I would be at every show. Quit my job. Quit my job. Follow follow Good Charlotte on that tour. You know, MVD, it's fine. I want to hear him moving on. What are you talking about? Work that tour, girl. Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Quit my job. Get a job on that tour. You know. You know. (laughs) Just make them guest on the podcast every week. Oh yeah. Exactly. That'll (laughs) that'll bring in the ad revenue, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, so Nikki, you live in Kokomo, Indiana. Did you grow up there? Um, not born, but raised, yes, like, since I was in the first grade. Um, it's a very interesting place. It's not like the Beach Boys song, despite everybody singing that to me when they find out I'm from Kokomo. (laughs) But it's... (sighs) Is Kokomo, like, a city, or is it, like, a town? It's a very small city. Like, we have about almost we have over 50,000 people I know that but it's grown since the last time I looked um but I mean we have a really cool downtown area like my friend owns a bar down there that's really awesome there's like really cool coffee shops and a record store and so many cool things that we have here um despite it being middle of Indiana (laughs) right right so what was I mean you discovered 
good Charlotte, you were like middle school, 12, 13, 14. Were your peers, were they also into good Charlotte and or similar emo bands or was everyone like into pop music or rap? Like what were your peers into growing up? So I would definitely say that my friend group was more open Mm -hmm. to um, pop punk and emo and all of that. I mean, we were stupidly singing a rendition of I'd do anything when we were teasing our friend about her having a crush on a guy. Oh my. Yeah. So (laughs) we had, we had some good times with it. But, like, I think more people were more open to pop punk and emo back then than they are now. Um, Yeah, it feels like more of a niche now. But definitely we had a lot of people into rap. I mean, they – I think that's around the time that, like, Usher's Yeah and Get Low came out because we were definitely dancing to that at middle school dances, which is questionable from our teachers. Like, really, guys? But (laughs) – um, we, we also danced to the anthem at our school dance. Yeah, yeah. So, but I can definitely tell you my friend group was the most excited about it. And, um, what's interesting for me is like, I didn't have, I sat with one table mostly at lunch, but I mm-hmm. didn't have one specific friend group. I had like three major friend groups, I guess. And all of them kind of like enjoyed a lot of the same music. That's nice. I mean, I feel like I'm sure speaking of lunch i'm sure if someone did a study they would find that kids tend to sit at the same table at lunch every day oh yeah we had our table yeah and and even within that i mean it was a little different at my high school because of how the schedules worked so you didn't always have like the see the same people at lunch but in my middle school it was like everyone you know you'd sit at the same table every day and like pretty much people would sit in the same seat every day (laughs) like yeah we kind of did too I mean there were some times where I wouldn't sit there or like in eighth grade I sat at a different table a lot more but you know it definitely during I think it was like sixth and seventh grade we had our specific table that I was always at for sure so Nikki you and I I mean we connected several years ago on the internet just through the world of concert photography yes we did we met for the first time in 2016 ironically yeah (laughs) warped tour was in indiana i don't think it was actually in indianapolis it seemed pretty far out of the city um but you know the the quote-unquote indianapolis warped tour technically it's noblesville but nobody knows what the hell noblesville is right i mean it's like they call they call tinley park chicago and i'm like bruh that's like nowheresville milwaukee i think milwaukee was actually in the city though so we met it was Good Charlotte's first Warped Tour show over a decade. We got to photograph them. Yes, we Crazy, <laughs> amazing day. I mean, what was that day like from your perspective? Uh, crazy busy because I was doing, I think I was doing like 10 video interviews oh my plus God. shooting so many bands. And I was like, why did I do this to myself? But right, that's a typical right. thing that I like to do to myself is right, overwork. Right. <laughs> um but I but they were the last band for that day that I I needed and wanted to shoot so I was like this is gonna get me through this is gonna get me through I'm shooting good Charlotte screw everything else I'm shooting good Charlotte it's fine I can get through this (laughs) 
So it was a really crazy day and I couldn't really focus on that until we got there and we were like right in front of them. And I was like, holy shit, this is really happening. Like middle school dreams coming true. Right? Um, but it, it was so awesome seeing them up there and they didn't lack any energy. Nope. They were going at it. Um, you know, and that's what I love to see from bands that haven't been around in a while is they're like, yeah, we're back. We're energized. Let's do this thing. And it, it really made it great. And especially getting to enjoy it with a fellow good Charlotte fan. Yes. So incredible. Cause you and I had such a good time. Yes. Wasn't, didn't they close out with the anthem? I think so. Yeah. Cause like we were like hardcore jumping up and yes. down. <laughs> yeah. Like in our, you know, with our passes and like our cameras. Um, <laughs> and I think this was while we, I'll have to, I can definitely find this photo, but I think this was while they were still playing, but like right after the three songs finished, we took a selfie and we're both just like smiling with like our jaws on the floor. Like we just, yes, and we just that. photographed the Charlotte <laughs> for the first time. Oh my god, that was so cool. And you know, I that's something that I loved about concert photography was just sometimes you just got to see your favorite bands and just enjoy the moment. Yeah. Um, and just like live your childhood dreams out. (laughs) Yeah. So uh obviously no one is um really doing concert photography now. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, pre-COVID, I mean, were you still shooting music, like, up till earlier, earlier this year? Not really, just because I've gotten busy with my full-time job, and right. I've been trying to focus on some other things. Um, plus, I'm getting older, and, like, concerts wear me out. <laughs> yeah. It's hard <laughs> when you have a full-time job, because I remember, like, in college, I'd go to a show, uh, and the show would end at midnight, and then maybe I'd even stay up an hour or two after that editing, and then I'd wake up and go to class yeah. in the morning. But it's, like, harder and harder to do that when you're an adult. And sometimes shows are on the weekend, and it's fine, and you can sleep in. It's not a big deal, but right. it's it's definitely harder as a, you know, as a quote-unquote real adult. So you do fashion work and portraits mm-hmm. now? Yeah, um, I do a lot of fashion work with a friend who's a fashion designer here in Indiana. Um, she's amazing, Tokyo Twiggy. Like, which, by the way, uh, that's so cool because I I never would have thought there was anyone doing anything like that in Indiana. <laughs> we actually have a decently growing fashion scene. Really? Um, yeah, we actually have a big fashion magazine in um, Indianapolis called Pattern. Amazing. Um, that's really cool. Um, they do, they try to stick to Midwest photographers and designers and all of that to showcase the talent that is in the Midwest. Right. But um, Jen, Tokyo Twiggy, was a friend of mine when we worked together at a retail establishment. But then we also ended up going to school together, her for fashion design and myself for photography. Amazing. We just kept in touch. And so I got to go to New York Fashion Week with her this last February and be her assistant, which is like, loved that's so cool that is so cool so what i was like so curious like what did that involve like being someone's assistant at fashion week like so basically i um the way that the shows we're at they're kind of they're called they're kind of like emerging designer shows. So okay. it's like people who can't afford to throw on their own show, like, you know, Christian Siriano and all that. But um, she 
she had um, a show. So I was there with my steamer. If anything needed steamed, I was mm-hmm. picking out the outfits to put on the models. I was, um, you know, I was at the ready. I even had a hair tie full of safety pins in case we needed to pin something or somebody needed a hair tie. Like I was ready for it. I had a fanny pack. So and- you were just, just there ready for anything and everything pretty much. Oh yeah. Um, one of the makeup artists at the shows commented, she's like, she seems really calm. <laughs> I was like, I, I work for retail. I got this. This is nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but it was super fun. And we actually got to do a virtual fashion show for the same people. Um, so we had some Indiana models come together and model her new collection, which is astounding. And one of the things that I love is supporting um, art artists especially fellow women and lifting them up and being involved with them so like the fact that i get to do this for somebody that i can also call a friend who is also supremely talented is incredible and that just premiered so um hopefully she gets some good recognition from that and things start blowing up for her because i'm so proud of her and she's got such amazing incredible designs amazing that's so cool sounds like you had i mean and i'm i'm sure you know, COVID has, I think, thrown a wrench in a lot of things. But it's amazing that you're still able to do so many cool things in fashion photography right now. Yeah. And I, I love it. I love commercial work. I love studio lighting. Like, I'm such a dork for it. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's something, I mean, there are studio shots that you would do as a, you know, music photographer if you're shooting, you know, promos or something. But I imagine it, it's just a very different environment, I would think, and a complete, you know, just a different thing. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I pride myself on is posing. And, you know, you're not going to pose a model. The for way a you would pose a pop punk or emo band. Right. Yeah. It, it's totally different requirements, you know, different lighting modifiers, depending on what you're doing, different lighting setups, um, different locations and all of that and you know if we were to submit to a magazine we have to have all the designer information we have to have all the makeup artist information like everything in there um to give credit and all of that and it's it there's a lot of work involved with trying to put together a fashion shoot and but i still love it i i love fashion and i love the fact that i get to marry fashion and photography a lot so cool so cool well Let's dive in to moving on. Yes. So moving on to moving on. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I feel like you had probably messaged me like right when I posted about the show. Um and I was I'm so excited to have you on because it's really fun talking about the deep cuts that aren't necessarily talked about as much, right? right. Um why did you want to talk about this song in particular? <sighs> So what's funny to me is I I loved this song growing up, but I don't think it had as deep of a meaning mm-hmm. for me as it does now that I'm 30. Yeah. You know, when I was 13, I was just like, oh, cool. This feels like an anthem. Like, I can get behind it. But now it actually has, like, deeper meaning. Like, mm-hmm. the, um, what's that one lyric about, like making it to 25 oh uh hold on, i'm scrolling down to the lyrics when i think I know, about I'm my like, life wait, i wonder if i will survive to live to see 25 or will i just fall yeah and honestly that's like actually pretty dark it is and you know when you're 13 you don't 
realize that. Right. You don't, you don't, (laughs) yeah. You're just like, oh, cool. This is like guitars and anthemic and moving on. And yeah, this is like a pump up song. Yeah. And, but you know, I, I've had a journey struggling with um, mental health and, you know, there's been a lot of things that have happened in my life that I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to survive this. Like, this isn't going to be okay. Like, this is never going to be okay. So when I listen to lyrics like that, and then it's like, there's hope and there's, there's there's, so much hope in this song. Yeah. And all of that, it, it means so much more to me. So Mm -hmm. that's part of the reason why I wanted to do it, to talk about how I, saw it or listened to it as a 13 year old and then how I listen to it now 17 years later yeah I you know it's funny because I always loved this song I feel like there's a lot just about the songwriting itself that like to 11 year old Molly that heard this for the first time was like mind-blowing like completely mind-blowing and it was like and I think similar to you I just I was like okay well they're just writing about you know moving on and i didn't really read into it but also similar to you i've definitely as i've gotten older i'm like oh <laughs> oh wait this this <laughs> it like it means more and it it means a lot more and i like connect to it and like feel it a lot more what mm-hmm. what's your view as as your you know 30 year old self what's your view of what they're trying to say in this song I think it's a reflection yeah. Um, on some things that, you know, they had gone, gone through in their lives and they've been mm-hmm. pretty open that they didn't have the easiest life growing up. Um, and, you know, it's kind of reflecting on that and being like, you know what? I did make it on the other side. I did, you know, I'm here. I'm yes. still here. And that's impactful. And I just, I keep looking back at it and listening to it and just like, okay, I get it. I get what you're trying to say. Like you do, you can survive this. You can get through it. You can, mm-hmm. no matter what, it, it, you'll get there. And, you know, um, life, hope, truth, trust, faith, pride, love, lust, like, and then, you know, the pain, hate, lies, guilt, laugh, cry, live, die. Yes, you got that all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cheating. I'm looking at the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just like, you're going to go through all of these things, but guess what? You can still move on from them. Yeah. You can still go on. And And it's like, even if you're dealing with something difficult, like you can, you're still a person outside of that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's death or loss or poverty, which I know they dealt with or mental health, like you are allowed to like be a person and do things in life and enjoy them. Even if you also have something really terrible going on in your life. Yeah. I mean, like, what are you supposed to do? Just sit home and in the dark and not do anything. Are you not supposed to go to a show and just let loose? Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what their music was is just kind Mm -hmm. of like letting loose, letting everything out and letting go. And this song is like kind of the um, epitome of that. Yeah, it's. I think it's. I mean, it's definitely about wanting to like persist and 
just keep on keeping on because, you know, they put out the first record and the first record wasn't like the first record did okay and like some cool things came of it, but like they didn't, you know, they might have known in their hearts, but they didn't like have the knowledge when they were writing this record. They didn't have the knowledge that this record would become what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think this song kind of, it, it really does like epitomize that notion of Good Charlotte that's like very talking pretty openly about, you know, their struggles in life and difficulties while also always being hopeful. Yeah. And, you know, I wish younger me would have gotten that. Yeah, right, right. I like. I wish younger me would have gotten that so much. Like, why didn't I? It, it's very like wise beyond their years. This song. I know. And like, I wonder just, if if like they were what like twenty three when this came out. Like, I think so. Yeah, like, they they would have been twenty three. <laughs> like, were I? I wonder and. I mean, I've felt this about stuff that I've written and photographs I've taken and, uh, you know, everything I've created that I can see it with different eyes many years down the road, right? But, like, I almost wonder if they... How... If if they had the awareness that, like, we do as, you know, 29, 30-year-olds when they were 23. I don't know, but... Like, what they were saying. Like, do they know how impactful this song is? I like, don't know. I, I I mean, it's it's cathartic, right? You know, it's you've been talking about letting loose and getting out. And sometimes when you are writing or or you know, writing a poem or a song, or you're writing fiction, or you're making a painting, or what when you're creating art has catharsis at least in my experience i don't always fully understand even what i'm saying or like what i'm communicating through the art while i'm doing it because i am just like get it out like unscrew the lid pick it up tip it out just let it all flood out yeah and then you see it on the paper and it's like oh okay that's what i was feeling that's what i'm saying to the world like um i'm one of those people that think like when i hear music i see visuals with it Mm -hmm. um and every time this song comes on i think of just like somebody deeply breathing and they're in a meditative place like standing on the edge like standing on the top of a mountain or something like that and just like this is it i've made it like i'm okay yeah and they just take a deep breath in and smile as the sun's rising. And it's just like, ugh, this is what that song it's feels like, like. It's like that you're sitting, I'm as you're saying that, I'm now picturing like you're sitting at the top of a mountain. You've just hiked up this tall mountain at sunrise and you have this beautiful view and you're like, wow, I hiked up the mountain. And now it's just, it's easy from here. Just got to get back down. Yeah. Just, I can't, I can't talk enough about how this song just makes me like feel like, yes, you did it. Yeah. 
It's like a cheerleader. It's yeah. literally like a cheerleader. Just not one that's mean from high school. Right. But. <laughs> there's, there's some, there are some lines of like, that are, that like really hit me. Uh, and the mm-hmm. two that I'll share are, everybody goes to a better place. Everybody could be living their last, you know, everybody goes to a better place. Everybody could be living their last days. Mm-hmm. That's like, I mean, that's a very, like, early to mid-20s realization of, like, oh, fuck, I'm getting, I'm going to get old and die someday. (laughs) Everyone I love is going to die someday. Fuck. Mm -hmm. It's not just, death is not just this, like, theoretical thing. It actually happens. But, like, let's celebrate it, right? Like, just going to move on, celebrate it, celebrate what we have now, right? And then in the chorus, they say, some friends become enemies, some friends become your family. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know, you know, what school was like for you, but I had, like, I had a lot of mean girl issues in middle school. Aww. And so hearing this line, I was like, yes, some friends become enemies, some friends become your family. Which feels a lot like that, you know, wise behind beyond their years kind of right. thing that we've been saying. It's you know, there was an interview recently, and I don't remember what it was for, um, but that Benji had done where he talked about how some of their early songs were about depression and he didn't even realize it at the time. And I think this is one of them because I think, like, I don't think this isn't like motivation proclamation where they're like, I cannot get out of bed. Please motivate me to pull down the covers and get out of bed this morning, right? Right. Right. I think this is the I have gotten the motivation song. Yeah. But I think there is, there is that like underlying depression or whatever in there. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I think a lot of people have a misconception about depression that you're yeah. just going to be sitting down all the time. You're just going to be lethargic and, um, you know, you're not going to – you're just going to be sad and mopey all the time. But, no, you can get manic. You can – have really good days and then yeah. really, really bad days, but still the good days are there. And I think that's what the song is. It's like, hey, the good days are there. You yeah. can get through the bad ones. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I mean, I'm a huge believer, of course, in getting help for mental health. And mm-hmm. absolutely. I think I personally feel really strongly that like it, can be talk therapy it can be medication but like lifestyle changes you know such as exercise what you eat caffeine intake sleep surrounding yourself with the right kind of people have such a huge impact on mental health right Right. um and, like, you have to – I feel like you have to commit to doing them in order for it to make a difference. Like, you don't, like, do one yoga video and then, like, no more sad. I mean, I wish it worked that way. That would be great. I would love to say bye-bye to the big sad, but – Right. <laughs> that would be so great. Bye-bye. Oh, 30-minute yoga video. Peace out. No more sadness for six months. But it's, like – like, I do yoga regularly, but, like, that's 15 minutes of my day, five, six days a week, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I still live my life outside of that. Right. You know, I had somebody that was just like, oh, it's just all in your head. 
And Bruh. I was just like, um, uh. no. <laughs> but I think I get what they were trying to say that they poorly said. And it was, you can't let it rule you. Yeah. And I, you know, when I was really mad at them when they first said it, but I think I finally understood like what they were talking about. I mean, I mean, that can be like a very condescending (laughs) remark, right? Like, oh, it's all in your head. So like, just pick yourself up, get out of bed, like stop fucking around. But yeah, I don't, I don't think this person meant it maliciously or condescendingly. They just didn't say it (laughs) in the right way. And I have, you know, um, and I've been accused of not having it because I talk about it openly. Which is such a misnomer, by the way. Like, such a mistake that a lot of people have that, like, I don't know, all about that. Like, when I was younger, I used to think that anyone who was talking openly about depression or mental health was, like, already past it. Because mm-hmm. I had this idea that, like, if you are still depressed or still struggling with depression, there's no way you could possibly talk about it. Obviously. Boo taboos. Right, right. Obviously, that's that's a, you know, 14, 15-year-old's, you know, very mistaken idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think people like, I mean, Chester Bennington, I think, was a pretty good example of that, sadly. Like, listen to any Linkin Park song, it was very clear the guy was struggling. Robin the, fact that, the fact that he was, like, writing openly about it didn't mean yeah. he wasn't struggling, right? Right. And like you, you can't tell that somebody's struggling and a lot of people don't talk about it, but I've always been a believer that you can't not talk about it because just because you don't Mm -hmm. want to talk about it doesn't mean it's not going to still be there. Like you can't ignore it. So you just got to accept it. So just be open about it. And you know, I mean, to each their own, nobody has to talk about anything. Nobody owes anybody anything, but you know, if you want to talk about it, don't feel ashamed to, and don't shame people for talking openly about it. It should be a conversation that needs to be had because Lord knows our generation is pretty fucked up <laughs> from some of the things we've experienced in our childhood. So I, I took anxiety medication for a couple of years, not every day, but like I, I had an anxiety medication like as needed. The doctor was like... You know, I had like I had struggled with anxiety for a few years, and then I was in college, and there was like a really bad panic attack. So I was like, "All right, let me like actually get some like medication for this specifically." Uh, and so I had this medication that was like for like when I was having a panic attack, you take this, and it will you know to calm down. And I just talked about it as if. I would, like, compare it to – because people get weird, especially about, like, anxiety meds. There are some that have, like, kind of a quote-unquote bad name because, you know, they are also very often abused. Mm. Uh, But I would just talk about it to friends. Like, think about it. Like, this is an EpiPen and I'm allergic to peanuts, right? Right. Like, I carry this around in case I am in a situation where I need it. I take it. I drink some water. I sit down. And then I chill out, you know? Yeah. And there's such a stigma with medication, and it's so stupid. Like, you know, what works for somebody doesn't work for everybody else, so let's just not judge other people, please. Yeah, so I think, and not to 
diminish mental health treatment because it is just as serious as any other kind of health or medical treatment. But like, I think talking about it and comparing it to like a other kind of physical health uh, can help contextualize it for people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, um, not to get so personal here, but when I was younger, I had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I hadn't, you know, um, when we found out if I hadn't taken the initiative to like do all the things that I did to try to help put it into remission and it doesn't always happen for everyone, but you know, I, if I didn't even take that chance there, I would have trouble walking, moving my arm yeah. and all this stuff. So I think that's the same thing with mental health. Like you, you have to acknowledge it and take care of it or at least try because not trying is super detrimental. Yeah. And I feel like this sounds very like PSA, but you know, oh, (laughs) you, what you try at first may not work for you. You know, you may go to a therapist that you do not like. You may try a medication that does not work well, but maybe you try another therapist. That's great. Maybe you try a different medication. That's great. Maybe you try running and you hate it. But then maybe you go to like a spin class and you're like, wow, this is a great form of exercise. I really enjoy it and it's great for my mental health. I know a handful of people that like cite spin class as like being so great for their mental health, which yeah, <laughs> good for them. I, I've, I've like done a small number of spin classes in my life. I can totally see why because it's like very intense exercise. <laughs> yeah, um, I miss running for that reason. Oh, I can't I run anymore so because much. of an injury I had in college, but I miss running. Like, running when I was the short time when I was running regularly was like so great for my mental health. Um, mm-hmm. And I tried to get back into it earlier this year, this spring, like during COVID when it was right. clear the gym was going to be closed for a while. Uh, although our gyms are open now, but I tried and it, I don't know if it was like my shoes. I think, I think I do need new running shoes. Um, I really need new sneakers because I have had the same sneakers for like three years. And, but it was just, like, I would, like, try to run and, like, everything would just hurt. Like, it, I felt the pounding way too much. And I was, like, is this my joints or is this the shoes? Uh, either way, I, I need to reassess. Um, running running was great for my mental health, though, you know, aside from potential knee issues. Well, you know, exercise gives you endorphins and endorphins make you happy and happy people, people just don't feel their movements. They just don't. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> Great movie, though. Great movie. Right? We need a Legally Blonde podcast. Oh, my God. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, Someone I went to high school with is just doing a podcast about Mm -hmm. rom-coms. I haven't, like, listened to it yet, but she's, like, posts about it. I'm like, oh, my God, I should listen. That's really cool. She's doing that. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, So I want to talk about the chorus of this song. Yes. How effing badass like 11 year old me thought it was when I heard them say and I'm gonna see if I can do this from memory I'm not looking at my notes right now life hope truth trust faith pride love last pain hate lies guilt laugh cry live die (laughs) yes yes I love how they just like spit out those words one at a time kind of representing all these things you go through that you just have to keep moving on through them. Mm-hmm. And as I like wrote them down in my notes, 
they start, I noticed that they start with the positive. Life, hope, truth, trust, faith, pride, love, lust. I, I guess you would say that's all positive. Yeah. Um, and then you get some negative. Pain, mm-hmm. hate, lies, guilt. And then laugh, cry, live, die. And with like, hey, just like express your emotions, laugh or cry, just move on through it, you know? I love that. Yeah. It's it's like they're just like, you know what, you've got all this good stuff, but remember, like you gotta go through this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then you move on and on and you yeah. laugh, cry, live, and die. So like just keep moving on. And, you know, a few lines later, it says, you know, um, this ain't dying, this is living. Yeah. Like, part of life is going through the bad shit. Yeah. And I don't, you know, if life were fine and dandy all the time, we wouldn't grow, we wouldn't learn. It sucks. Like, they say in Let the Music Play... Because uh, I had written down, I was like, okay, what other songs of theirs does this kind of relate to? Right. And I pointed out, you know, they, obviously Good Charlotte does a lot of songs about moving on and keeping your head up and being depressed and struggling and being self-made. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about all I've got are these two hands to make myself a better man. He's like, nobody else is going to make my life better but me. Right. And one of the runs I wrote down is Let the Music Play. He says, mm-hmm. I've just got to keep on keeping on. And then they also say, and this is why I got a tattoo for Let the Music Play. This is why, like, that was the tattoo. He says, there's no way to explain why life is filled with so much pain, but will the flowers ever grow in the places it don't rain? And I was like, that's beautiful. That's perfect. And I think that's a sentiment to this, too, right? Like, yeah, the bad shit happens. And, you know, it's like you've got to take your time to do what you need to do to get through it. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, the laugh, cry, live, die. Like, you, you just got you to take your time to get through it. Yes. You know, process the bad things, deal with them, but then keep going because you know there's something on the other side of that. Yes, absolutely. And And, by the way, I don't want to make it sound like – you just have to, like, keep living your life and don't slow down when you're, you know, struggling. Right. Part of healing, part of getting through something can include taking a break, whether that's taking days mm-hmm. off work, deciding you're not going to be dating for a while. Maybe it's you're not going to exercise for a few weeks because you got hurt. Like, that is part of recovery, right? Also, <laughs> so is crying. Like, yes! Sometimes you just really, sometimes I am telling you, I need a good cry over a tub of chocolate frosting while I'm yeah. drinking some wine and watching a rom-com or say yes to the dress because I just need to cry. There's this like, one time I recall, uh, last fall I had gone out with a guy from Bumble and I, w- I was into him. You know, I was kind of like, oh, this is not a guy that I would, like, be with long-term. But, like, I'm attracted. I'm enjoying his company. Like, you know, I want to see him again. And he texted me the next day saying he, like, wasn't interested. He was very, very sweet about it. But I just, like, bawled. Like, Aww. it was one date, right? So, like, clearly 
that was not why I was so upset. Like it was one day I was not that invested. Right. But I just think of that as an example of a time where you just need to cry. And I was just like, all right, fuck it. Like I'm just putting on my PJs. I'm just going to like, you know, have have some fancy iced tea because that's my thing. Like some fancy iced tea, some chocolate and just like feel my feelings, like feel all of the sadness right now. And then like tomorrow will be fine. And tomorrow I'll go to work and it'll be fine. I mean, I get it. Like, after we get off of here, I'm probably going to make myself a Bloody Mary in a red wine glass. So, <laughs> love that. It's been a stressful few days. Yeah, I have, it, it, like, not a big issue in the scheme of things at all, but I have been having major computer issues for work. Um, I am, obviously, I'm very grateful that I'm working from home and that I have a work computer that's a really nice desktop that I've been able to use, but have been having some issues with that computer that have, like, just stressed me out because it's put me a little little behind on things. So I'm just really feeling like I don't want to cook dinner. Yeah. Like, because I've been listening to the song a little bit, Mm -hmm. like, over and over, trying to, like, prepare my thoughts and notes for this. Yeah. And this song has been great (laughs) because I've been so stressed out recently. Yes. Like, this song was, like, the perfect timing to listen to over and over again because I'm like, all right, all right, cool. Keep moving on. Yeah. Yes. This song is giving me life again. Yes. Yeah, it it's very much like all right. I just gotta keep keep going, keep going, keep going. It's like you've made it out of everything else. I think you can do this, <laughs> right? Like it's you know I have some things coming up that are stressing me out, but you know what? It's like I know that I have literally been through worse, and like upcoming changes in my life will absolutely be for the better, extremely. Yeah. And, you know, I can't complain either. I have a great team at work that I absolutely love, great partner at work and all of that. So like that shouldn't worry me as much as it does. Like, girl, I was dreaming Thursday night about what I was going to do about our large truck on Friday. Yeah. Like I was dreaming about it and I was like, okay, (laughs) I really need a break. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's also just about recognizing when you need that time to like step back, like you said. But yeah, this song has been the timing couldn't have been more perfect to keep listening yeah. to this. Song. Yeah, it's it's good. We all need that motivation sometimes, or, or all the time, really. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention that I really love the melody on the verses. How it's like, oh God, I'm gonna like try to sing right here. But it's like kind of a series of descending notes. He goes, when I think about my life, I wonder if I will survive to live to see 25 or will I just fall? So it's like these repeated phrases uh, in a row that are all kind of descending, which I feel like is a little unconventional, but I think it's creative and I really like it. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that got me on this song was the guitar riff at the very beginning. Yes. Um, where it's just like, okay, I'm not going to do it. I will totally butcher it. But yeah, like it, it just pulls you in in an instant. And you're like, what is this? And then you're like, that's, that sounds like hope. Yeah. It like, sounds like, like you're, it, to me, it sounds like you're in like a dark room or a dark hallway and like the lights start flickering on. 
Especially when you get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the lights flicker and then like, oh, the lights are on. Oh my gosh. Why don't we just make a music video for this song? Dude, so many songs. I constantly think about like so many, like basically any song that doesn't have a music video. I'm like, why? Here's what the music video could be. Girl, I still think about writing that movie about Good Charlotte, too. Yeah. Like, Good Charlotte fans and shit. And this would definitely be, like, the end song. Oh, yeah. I just saw... Oh, I think it was last time I saw my parents. They were like, you should write a book about Good Charlotte. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm talking a lot about them. I'm coming close. I said if anyone were to write a book, you know... I would be a good candidate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do it to it, girl. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll have to see what the. Uh, I don't know. It, is your your movie idea? Is this like a biopic, or is it like a story based on the songs? It it's more so like kind of a representation of us and like, like these the kids. Fans. They meet in middle school. Then they split up for the when they grow up, but then they come back together for this tour and like reunite and try to figure things out. And like, so it's about like the fans, yes, okay, okay. Because I was gonna say, with, with my here, my good Charlotte movie that I would do, and because I, I was like, I don't want to like step on your toes, um, is like the the Bohemian Rhapsody, like the biopic, biopic, the biopic, yeah. yeah. As long as we were involved, I don't give a shit. This is oh, our yeah. ideas. TM, TM, TM. Yeah, like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody steal our shit. Right. <laughs> Nobody steal our shit. I know. I, every once in a while, I'll, like, say something on the podcast. And I'm just, like, or I'll, like, tweet something. And I'm just, like, shit. <laughs> I, I should not have, like, said that publicly. I should have, like, done that first. I shouldn't have, like, right. said, oh, someone should. Blah, blah, blah. I, I should have been the someone. <laughs> exactly like why let others do for you what you could do for yourself like lord if we get another shitty avatar i'm gonna be pissed i saw the one <laughs> i think the first avatar movie my dad and i <gasps> went i think with my siblings and like i just remember being in the first row and the theater was 3d and just like feeling seasick and i was like i this is fine yeah like I'm sorry. I don't want another shitty Avatar The Last Airbender movie. I can't do it. No, no. white people. No white people. No. I'm white. I don't want white yeah. people. This is not our movie. No. Uh, Nikki, so did you have any, like, specific memories or stories you wanted to share about moving on? Anything that you haven't shared yet? I don't know. I just remember needing this cd in middle school Mm -hmm. like it was kind of like a safety blanket for me um seventh grade i think was definitely my hardest year and that's when this it's always seventh grade it's always seventh seventh grade grade. can we just skip it seventh grade (laughs) like like how in hotel elevators they'll go 10 11 12 14 on the floors just skip it have grades be fifth sixth eighth because you turn 13 in seventh grade what there we uh, go. Uh, Tell the mystery of why seventh grade sucks. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, but um, you know, I really didn't have an easy time 
in middle school, um, I was, I was bullied. Like I got signs stuck on my back. I got told like a lot of things about me and, you know, we even had the popular guys try to prank us and try to ask us out on dates. I was proud of myself for being meek and mild. I lost my shit on him that day. So, (laughs) cause I was not having it, but I just remember this, this CD and this song, especially it helped me get through those times. Cause I was, I'm not going to lie. When I got bullied, I lashed out at other people and probably said hurtful things to other people too. I'm not innocent from that. Yeah. Um, and you know, I regret it and everything, but at least I'm aware I did it. I'm like, I I also have lashed out at people who bullied me in middle school. I think it's a natural reaction because you, you don't know how to process people being mean. Right. Um, and you're just like, I just want to, I just want to survive. I just want to survive here. Yeah. And you know, this song definitely, I, I would put it on and it would help me just kind of like escape the moment. Yeah. And just breathe again. Yeah. I love that. It's amazing. Yeah. We need more music like this. Oh yeah. Trust me. I get down to WAP. Fucking love it. I get, like, I love all kinds of music, but, like, we just need songs that just make you, like, sit, think, and breathe. Yeah. We do. Well, let's read some, uh, some fan comments on this song. I'm really excited to get to this, because I've seen a few that I'm just, like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. So, (laughs) we're gonna start, we're gonna start with YouTube. Um, there's only one I'm gonna read from YouTube, uh, Lisa Dixon said, so this album helps me through high school and I have not worked a 12 step in a while. Delve back into it. This is still a song that brings all the wounds and the hope to the forefront. Thanks for making music where I belong. That is so sweet. Oh my God, Lisa. What a great comment. <laughs> I, I hope Lisa, I hope your 12 step continued to go well in the multiple years since you wrote that comment. That's so great. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, let's read some from song meetings, which, by the way, as I was reading through all the comments on song meetings, I guess the lyrics had gotten leaked before the album was out because there were, there were the first few comments where people that were like, oh, the lyrics are cool. I can't wait to hear the song. Ooh. Yeah. Um, which, like, it's wild because to me, this song, this album is so definitive that I'm like, oh, yeah, there was a time and I was alive in this time when this album had not been released yet. Wild. Also, the early days of the internet for a leak. Yeah. I don't... It might have been, like... I don't know. It might have been, like, when the album was released and, like, before people had bought it. I'm not... I didn't, like, check the exact dates, but it seemed like the album wasn't out yet. And even then, we were still on AIM back then. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh god, AOL instant messenger. <laughs> um Terrible. Okay, so let's let's read some song meetings comments. Uh, okay. Despair Factoron says, I agree. This song is hard to sing. A lot of people were saying the song is hard to sing. It's, that's true, but it's it's like a creative melody. It's a unique little melody, like I was saying. Mm-hmm. It's not like the other songs where you instantly pick it up. It's hard, man. Kind of like My Plague by Slipknot, parentheses, awesome song. GC rocks me. 
So, I mean, I definitely have to add that Slipknot song to the playlist. I don't know. I don't know if that's a comparison I would have made, but maybe in meaning? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean. I'll have to listen to that song again and really, like, see if I see that. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear when people compare songs. Yes. Because you're just like okay, this is where this person is coming from. So it's just another perspective that somebody has on this song. It's the same feeling you have. It's just a different way of stating it. Yeah, and there was someone who compared a good show. I was thinking it was like an alt-press review that compared one of their songs to like Bon Jovi. And I was like, I simply do not see it. But like, okay. Okay. Does that not surprise me? It came from Alt Press. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't sometimes know. some of the things that come out of there. Yeah, um, sometimes I'm like, you know, they 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 say a lot, but they've also said some. They've also said a lot. They've also had some reviews that I'm like, all right, like I stand by this. I I will co-sign. Oh, for sure. This review for sure. Punky Smurf one three two five on set. What a username, Punky Smurf one three two five on. This song is 100% true, like most of GC's songs. It really rocks, too, and I can't wait to hear it live. This is definitely the better, more hardcore side of Good Charlotte. I love it, and I know it will rock live, so I can't wait to see them in concert on Halloween. Keep representing GC, because you know they be representing you. <laughs> I love that. I mean, that's what we'd always say on the internet, is keep representing GC, because they'll be representing you. I think that's sweet. Cat O'Wackon said, <laughs> I had to include this in here. It's talking about the cycle of life and how you live it. There's mm-hmm. someone for everyone and things happen for the best. GC gets worse each CD they make. Their older songs are great, though. This song is an awesome song and it makes me look forward to summer. Okay. I mean, I don't want to say they're wrong for i don't want to say they're wrong for having that opinion do i agree no. with that opinion no absolutely not absolutely but not. the first part of it i'm like oh yeah definitely this is what we've been talking about for right. sure but yeah i don't think they get worse i think they change and evolve which is what bands are supposed to do yeah exactly i mean i you know newfound glory has made a bunch of great records but they've also made a bunch of records that, like, yeah, we'll talk about how, like, you know, I feel like new. Maybe this is my fault for not paying as much attention to like recent new newfound glory releases. But they're a band I think of that hasn't necessarily evolved so much, right? Which is not necessarily wrong, right? Like they've found what they do because control has experimented. Sometimes people don't like it, right? Right. Um, I mean, it, a lot of people have the same problem with Bring Me the Horizon because they. Yeah evolved and gone away from their original sound which like they've put out banging records and just like like are holy fuck talented like so i don't blame them for trying other things and experimenting because it like it may not be working for some people but it's working for a lot of people still and that's a good charlotte did too and i think that's great yeah and just a sidetrack on bring me horizon i saw them five years ago and like I went in, I think, not knowing any of their songs. I don't even know if I know any of their songs now, per se. Like, you know, I listen to every album when it comes out. But, like, holy shit, they were so good live. Uh, it, like, yeah. that, that's a band that you could go to not knowing any of their – you could go to their show not knowing any of their songs. And you may or may not walk out 
knowing the words, but like you will walk out. You had a great time. You had a great fucking time. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So let's read two Amazon reviews. Uh, <laughs> I'm really excited about this first one. <laughs> yes. Do you want to read talk it? About this. Do you want to read it? Do you want me to read the whole thing? Yeah. Read the whole, read the whole thing. Okay. I'm going to put my best reader voice on. Yes. <laughs> one of the crown jewels of the album though, is it's closer, closer moving on. A very true and real number where the band demonstrate their belief in something beyond this current life with the line. Not everybody knows that everybody goes to a better place. In fact, all four band members in the thank you list to the CD acknowledge that their faith in God and credit him as the force that got them where they are and brought them their much-deserved success. I know that bands like MXPX had previously set the bar for this, but being a Christian myself, it's great to see any band in a traditionally secular and in some cases even openly anti-religious scene breaking through the mold and boldly proclaiming their faith and love for God instead of love for themselves and their own talents and egos. Yeah. Bruh. Bruh. I mean, look, they're religious guys, right? And that's, that's fantastic. Cool. Yeah. Love it. Would you say this song is religious? I don't think so. Um, it might have, like, more meaning to them as far as religion and everything, but yeah. I think it's more about just the life we have here. Yeah, because it's, it's – I mean, they do say not everybody knows that everybody goes to a better place, but it doesn't I think seem... that's still pointing to the disparity that they yeah. talk about in the song. Not necessarily, like, not everybody's religious and all this other stuff. And, right. you know, we aren't the songwriters, so we can't exactly say what it means. But right. to me, it's more talking about disparity and, like, not everybody's hopeful. Because that that's what the song is about, is being hopeful. Yeah. But I don't think it's saying, like, it's not... I don't think it's specifically about... But in a way, like, I don't know. I was going to say I don't think it's specifically about faith and God. But... yeah. In a more obscure way, I now that I'm thinking about it, like I could really see that because faith in God gives people a lot of hope, you know, and a yeah. lot of people when they're struggling, they look to God. Uh, problem I had with this review, though. <laughs> yes, tell me the problem you have with this review. The proclaiming their faith and love for God instead of love for themselves and their own talents and egos, which made it seem like this person has a problem with anybody who doesn't believe in God. Yeah. That was my problem because punk is traditionally a pretty non-religious scene. Yes. Um, depending on where you are. So why do we feel the need that we need to boldly like demean other non-religious people they, right yeah like just because they don't have religion doesn't mean they don't have faith and hope and love in their life yeah people find that all sorts of ways and not everybody's christian either and that's something we have to really recognize especially in this country yeah. we're really bad at recognizing yeah that. as i'm you know just talking about like the jewish high holidays right yeah yeah and like people can have faith in god or a higher power without following a specific religion yeah and you know, and maybe this does talk about faith a little bit, but I don't think it's necessarily saying praise be to Jesus Christ. Right, um, right. But that's like, that's kind of like, in a way, that's kind of like the mark of a great song is like where you can get 
some different like multiple sort of different views about it where it's like specific yet also oh it's about this but it's also about that it's like a layered thing yeah and you know again i think it's open up it's open for interpretation so i don't think this reviewer is necessarily wrong i just like i'm like kind of like bruh like did you have to throw that last part in there (laughs) Um, yeah i mean i don't know i truly do not relate to you know the type of people that are like I am religious. Everyone who is religious is good. And if you're not religious, you are not a good person. I don't relate to that at all. I cannot imagine that mindset. I mean, uh, admitting my faults here, I used to be the conservative Catholic in high school. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, a lot of people don't expect me to say that. Uh, (laughs) But... Now I'm not religious at all. I got to be honest about that. Um, yeah. I just don't feel connected with it. The only thing I feel maybe connected with is just like energy and vibes and like mm-hmm. are people people. That's all I give a shit about. Are people good people? And um, you know, I I don't have a problem with religion. I have a problem with people weaponizing the religion. That's fair. That's fair. Or or being awful to people who don't believe. So, like, that, this this review kind of touched a nerve for me. <laughs> well, let's talk about this review from Rate Your Music. I won't read the whole yes. thing, but they said that it's a strong closer to the album. It's another anthemic. Living is hard, but, bro, it's all we can really do in this world, bro, track. Uh, sort of sounds like a baby brother to rise against or strike anywhere. Okay, that's not a bad comparison. Uh, start with wondering again if our heroes will die soon, then rhyming dying and crying, then there's the aggressively Christian sentiment that seemed to be always be lurking just under the surface of this album and sits badly with their dark, brooding, rebellious image. So, I disagree that it's aggressively Christian. I, I don't think if it were aggressively Christian, it would have been lurking underneath the surface. Right. If it was aggressively Christian, it would be like, it would be right out there. Yeah. But even in their songs that are like more explicitly, I don't know, they, they have, they've had several songs that are more explicitly about God or faith. Mm-hmm. But I would never categorize any of their music as aggressively Christian. No, in this song, like I said, it's open to interpretation. And until that, I saw that yeah. review, I wouldn't have necessarily put it in a category that could be considered it about being about faith. Yeah. Um, I I think I would hazard a guess that this review was written by someone that is, like, a strong atheist. And again, stop fucking judging people or being yeah. right. A it's shit like if you're Christian, stop beliefs. judging people who are not religious. And if you're atheist, please don't judge people who like find comfort in faith. I, I think there's. I think I feel like this person is conflating, like mixing up the ideas of believing in God and having faith in a higher power with just like hope in general like hope that god will get you through versus just hope in general like the fact that someone is not super pessimistic does not mean they are like praise be the lord god you know yeah i uh, mean uh, this 
this review is not really even a review. It's just a, I yeah. fucking hate this song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's kind of what rate your music is. It's, it's like, you know, you'll get like the very detailed, uh, it's like a, it's user reviews. Um, just very detailed, yeah. oftentimes breakdowns of stuff. I know, but I'm like, did you even listen to the song right. or were you just like pissed off the entire time? Right. Because, <laughs> right. I mean, what does he say? Um, very like shouting and screaming and then like, Oh my god, hang on. Damn, you know what makes me believe that someone doesn't give a fuck about what other people think? <laughs> Yelling again and again that we don't give a fuck, but this is a fun song and I quite enjoy it. This is like a person that like is really reluctant to admit they enjoyed it. Sweetie, I hope you get help or like deal with what you need to deal with. Right, right. I hope you get some like help because you sound like a person who's very pessimistic and maybe that means you are actually quite sad and I hope you get help so you are less sad. I Not too like let me know let me know if I could ship you a tub of chocolate frosting. It's been right. my best friend. Right. Like. I'll send you some herbal tea, you know, some yoga videos I enjoy. <laughs> um Punk News said it sounds like it belongs on their self-titled. You know, I'm going to disagree with that. The spirit of the song I could sort of see, but the production of this song is, like, totally a step up from the self-titled. Not just that, but it's harder. It's, like, it, it goes harder yes. than the first album did. Yes. It's not as catchy and, and making fun of their situation or mm-hmm. poking fun and like jesting about it it's it's a still serious song right um, which is what the young and young and the hopeless compared to their self-titled is much more serious and oh yeah like their self-titled it, it kind of poked fun at their situations that they grew up with and like just had fun with it but this one is very much serious we're gonna make it through like hopeful driven yeah. song it's a grown it's a more grown up version of what you would find on the self-titled yes very well put um i won't read this whole review because we've mentioned this specific review like multiple times on the show um pop matters was not a fan of this uh they talked about they you know how the album had a couple of decent moments um but the rest of the album doesn't keep the momentum going and the the straight out of the poison catalog moving on you're sick of the act so you know i mean okay this person did not like it i i don't know it, like how the hell did this person get poison Right. Also that. Also that. Out like, of this track. like, you know, I. I'm very I, confused. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this had to be a person who just was not the target demographic for this. No, and honestly, that's the mark of a bad reviewer for me. Yes. Like, if you can't separate what you like from what you're reviewing at this moment, and it looks like this person just really didn't like it. Like reading this review. Oh yeah. What is it? Um, fun rant about whiny celebrities and the rest of the album doesn't keep the momentum going. Like, what is it? Oh. The whiny the only title guy with any musical chops on the record? Ouch. Yeah. That, this is pretty unprofessionally written. 
Right. That's the thing. And like, (sighs) I don't give a shit if you don't like the song, separate yourself from it. And if you have something negative to say, you need to put it better than this. (laughs) But like, also, if you're that negative about something, on a very real level, if you're like that viciously negative, like, are you like yourself just like super depressed and anxious and irritable? Like, I I don't want to diagnose. Maybe that's not fair. But like, I would say I've noticed like myself when I'm negative about the world, that often means. Right. Um, But it's, it's like, I, this is a symptom of something larger in the world of music criticism that like in the early 2000s, that was the time of like, if you wanted to show your chops as a music writer, you wrote really negative stuff. And that was how you seemed cool because you were like too cool to like actually like any of this, right? And then as blogs started becoming more of a thing, uh, my hypothesis is that as blogs started becoming more of a thing, it was not just, you know, old white men that were writing about music. It was younger people and it was people doing it for free or very small amounts of money. So they were more likely to write about stuff they liked. So, you know, as blogs became bigger, you had more people writing very, very positive stuff. And, you know, as the people from those blogs go on to be the ones that write for the bigger outlets, then they the the bigger outlets start having more and more of this like very very positive stuff you know and and it um like i think it'd be untrue to not write anything negative if you really found like it was lacking something but like have some reason behind it Right. Like have, and and have to have some meat behind that opinion. Like whenever anybody gives me their opinion and I know it's factually wrong, I'm like, no, you need to go do your research and tell me that again. Well, and it's like, what's that saying? If you judge a horse by, or if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, like, of course it's going to fail. Something like that. Like, right. You have to judge something for what it is. Um, and maybe the problem is that this person didn't know what good Charlotte was or what they were trying to do. And, you know, the way we talk about them now, the way we talk about this record now, like, we look back, but, like, what was the critical space looking like, you know, in the fall of 2002? It was a little different, right? Like, they didn't have all this retrospect. So... Still stuck on the poison thing. I know, that, I'm just like, what? That... I don't want to say it's wrong, because, because maybe they have reasons for that, but, like, I would want to know, like, like please uh, have reasoning behind it. Like, like please, ex- me- please expand, explain, and expand. Yeah, because this that absolutely makes no sense to me. Right. I mean, I've made some wacky comparisons in my writing, but like I have reason for them. Yeah, good Charlotte to Poison. Still, like maybe I'll go and listen to some Poison later and see yeah. if I can find it. But yeah, yeah I just. You know, it's okay to not like something, and, you know, I don't want to make it seem like I'm, like, yeah. not okay with people not liking Well, and you song, can but- like, you can not like something, and you don't have to have a reason. But when you're reviewing something... You gotta have a reason. Well, and you gotta have a reason to like it, too, right? Yeah. You know? Well, like, whenever, <laughs> you know... As a manager, I have to sometimes talk to people, so I call it the sandwich method. Yes, um, yes. 
So, you know, you say something positive, then you bring in the criticism and then you say something positive again. Yeah. To, so they can hear that first and last part and be like, look, not everything is bad, but here's something you need to work on. And reviews are opportunities for bands to look at and be like, okay, this is something I think we need to work on. Let's, let's consider this. And there we right. go. Right. And it's like, it's not necessarily the job of a reviewer to, can, to, you know, coddle a band but yeah like you should contextualize what you're saying because it and while it's different and like like i was saying about how music criticism over the past several years and maybe it's changing now i don't really know but like largely people are much more positive than they were 15 or 20 years ago in their music writing still i will like read stuff where people will just like say words and i am just like i have absolutely no idea what you mean by that I have no idea what you mean by that. <laughs> like, yeah. the fact that you used a $10 word does not make your piece better. <laughs> it is right. better to use a $5. It is better to use a 50 cent word that lets the world know what you mean than a $10 word that makes no sense. Well, like when people try to say that intelligent people don't swear, and I was like, well, you know what I mean when I say fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So. I was thinking the other day about, like, comments that I've made. I've had – I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit. Uh, I've had a few comments that I've made on other t- people's TikToks that have gotten, like, 1,000 or 2,000 or 5,000 likes lately. Damn. Yeah. Um, one of them was, like, a picture of Robert Pattinson. <laughs> and it was, you know, the picture of Robert Pattinson in the brown tracksuit. Yes. Yeah. Like this person said, oh, we, we made like a, we framed a picture of Rob and it's, you don't see the picture at first. You see the back of the frame. And I commented like the way I knew exactly which photo this was going to be. And I think about that and I'm like, wow, okay. That is like an example of language that like pre the social media age, that sentence would not have really made sense. The way I knew which photo this was. Yeah. You know, so, like, there are nuance, nuances to language, but I don't know. I I do not – what what would you give this review? If you were going to grade this review, one to five stars, if you were going to grade the review. A one. And yeah, I was going to give nice. it, like uh, – I was going to give it, like, a one and a half, yeah. I just, mean – Just because it's, like – It doesn't have anything to really say – that's substantive it's just mean <laughs> right as joel addresses the whole missing father subject it's so dismissive of somebody's that's like a major traumatizing thing yeah it's so dismissive of somebody's trauma and yeah. like that's not your job as a reviewer to touch on that yeah exactly well nikki we are nearing 18 years of this album Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. How has this song held up for you over time? Again, it. I think it holds up better now than it did mm-hmm. when I was 13. Like I said, I actually understand it now. Yeah. So, for me, it's it's been pretty timeless because, I mean, it's been 17 years. I love that. What about Amazing. you? It's held up very well because, very similar to you, I it, I understand it a lot more. You know, I feel like I get what they're saying and I've, 
you know, I've like lived through a few more things where then I know I can move on through them. So I have that personal life experience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Everything seems a lot more, you know, as stressful as things are as an adult and, you know, things weren't so bad in middle school. Right. Right. So Nikki, a few questions I like to ask everyone to wrap up. Okay. Yes. So what has good Charlotte meant to you over the years and how has that changed? Hmm. Well, like I said, they were a staple of yeah. my middle school years. Them, Simple Plan, Sum 41, like absolutely a staple, like constantly in my CD player. And this this album resonated with me and still does to this day. You know, it's been almost, like you said, 17, 18 years. And I still listen to this album like every few months. Yeah. And I, they, they still are one of the bands that meant everything to me and got me through those hard days. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm so glad you, like, still are able to connect to it and, like, celebrate all that it's gotten you through. Oh, absolutely. Like, they – that – you know, and I love their self-titled and I love several of their albums that came after this, but The Young and the Hopeless is, like, my sweet spot with Good Charlotte. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think for a lot of people, like, whatever album you discover a band on is always going to hold a special place in your heart. hmm So, Nikki, do you have any, any last words about moving on, about Good Charlotte, or about yourself? Just that, th- like, if you didn't feel like you liked this song when it came out, re-listen to it again. Yes. Like, listen to it now as an adult. And see if you've got a different meaning because holy shit, it me it hits differently when you're an adult so and you're on the other side of all that bullshit um, that was happening when you first listened to it. Um, and like, good Charlotte, you know, a lot of people have a lot to say about them um, in their music, and it may not be their thing, but man, you can't deny that they had some really great stuff lyrically and melodically, yeah. like. They made waves when they came out on the scene, and you cannot deny that. And if you do, you're a fucking idiot. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, they were doing something that, like, got people to say such strongly opinionated things about them. Right. Um, I mean, know, however we feel about these people's opinions and, like, how they express their opinions, these people had very strong opinions, and they exactly. felt the need to express them. Yeah. But, like, you cannot deny that they did something when they came on the yeah. scene. Um, I mean, they've been in movies. They've like, they've had so many different references. Um, and I mean, like, it's been awesome to see that they've come out the other side of everything and have done really well for themselves, have found love for their lives. Like, th- it's super cool to kind of watch a brand- band grow up as you do too. Yes, um, that's been a really cool thing. So it's been cool to see them do that, and you know, like, it, it still gives me that hope. And like, every time I listen to this song it just renews that for me. And it's a great yeah. de-stressing song. Cause it's like, okay, seems bad now, but you know, you'll get through it. You know, you'll get through it. Yeah. You know, you'll get through it. Amazing. Um, well, Nikki, I have <laughs> been doing a generation GC and friends playlist on Spotify where I okay. include the song that we cover on the show, as <laughs> well as a recommendation from our guests. Oh no. <laughs> yes. So what are you going to recommend for our guests? 
Like anything? Yeah, just anything you've been enjoying lately that's not Good Charlotte. Okay. Well, okay. So, <laughs> kind of keeping with the theme of this song. Sure. Um, there is a new show on Netflix that's based off of a Brazilian show. It's called Julie and the Phantoms. I just started watching the first episode while I was eating dinner right before recording this. Shut up. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I didn't even finish the first episode, but I was like, oh, let me throw okay. something on while I, while I eat dinner. Well, this is the, the song that got me into that show, and it kind of goes along with moving on and the theme of hope and, and okay. getting up and doing that. It's called Wake Up. Okay. Um, and it's just the girl performing. Um, Madison Reyes, I believe her name yeah. is. Um, yes. Brilliant show. Watch it. I, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on so it. Far. We'll have to talk about it. Yes. Um, how did I know you would probably end up watching it? Because like there were <laughs> there was a band in there. Right, like, <laughs> right, right, right. I think that's why I watch it. But yeah, the yeah. song Wake Up um, okay. by Madison Reyes from yeah. Julie and the Phantoms. Um, okay. It's oh my God. beautiful. The piano is incredible in it. She's got an amazing voice. And man, it... It, it just fills you with hope. So kind of going along with that. that. I think that's what I'm going to recommend. I love that. I, uh, tonight is Married at First Sight night. So I'm going to watch that later. Uh, <laughs> so it'll be like a bit before I finish Truly and the Phantoms. But like I'm loving it so far. It's so much fun. It is. And you know what? I don't care that I'm 30. I'm going to enjoy this teen show. Yes. Because like. It seems like a wholesome teen show. Like, I've also it been is. watching Riverdale, which is, like... I was about to say, Riverdale could be exhausting. <laughs> yes, it's, like, exhaust. It's exhausting, and it's, it's like, kind of hard to keep up with because I'm just, like, I think yeah. they just pulled words out of a hat to, like, create a plot line. Yeah, I know. I, I feel that way, too. So, like, this one's just enjoyable, and it's super fun. And, like I said, it was based off of a Brazilian TV show, but the music is great. Like, they're fantastic. Everybody's really talented. And it's just a really fun show. And especially if you like stuff like that, I highly yeah. recommend the show as, um, as a whole. But the soundtrack is fantastic, too. I, I Honestly, like, as soon as I – like, I'm probably going to tweet about the show on the podcast account soon and be like, y'all, go watch this. But that is so funny that you just started yes. watching it. I'm so happy. Yeah, it was, like, the number one <laughs> recommendation on Netflix. Um. I'm like loving it so far. It's great. Uh, so Nikki, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where oh my can God, thank you for having me. This I'm was so, so excited. Where can people keep up with you on the internet? Um, they can keep up with me on Twitter at Frankie Cole underscore. Okay. Um, I am the queen of live tweeting political debates. Yeah. I do myself. <laughs> I also have my photography Instagram. It's at Studio NP Creates. Um, NP as in Nikki Perry. Um, and so anybody can follow me there. Reach out to me on there. I love to talk to people and um, love to get to know people. Obviously, because we have this huge community of content yes. that I've met through the internet. Amazing. Nikki, thank you so much. Oh my Listeners. God, thank you, Molly. <laughs> Great. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Last week, we talked about Festival Song from the album Good Charlotte. 
Next week, we'll be talking about a song from the Chronicles of Life and Death. My name is Molly Huddleston. I've been your host. You can follow Generation GC at Generation GC Pod, P-O-D, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also follow me, Molly, at M Huddleston, M-H-U-D-E-L-S-O-N, on Twitter and Instagram. Please make sure you're subscribed to Generation GC on your favorite podcast provider. We're on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google. The podcast is also uploaded to YouTube. Wow, how convenient. So please make sure you're subscribed or following wherever you listen so that you see new episodes as soon as they drop. And please rate the show on iTunes, leave a review, share it with a friend. Thanks for tuning in.